I'm a true believer of NCs of lifting where most of our guys were stronger at the super regional than they were at the beginning of the, of the spring. You know, being consistent with that, where you have a Heston Kerstad or a Casey Mart, one of our freshman players that are stronger when you get to the postseason, um, that's ideal. Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for being here. This episode is brought to you by Baseball Cloud, the official voice of data. Baseball Cloud's revolutionary software platform brings to life the numbers captured by TrackMan and FlightScope. This provides colleges, players, and facility owners around the world a turnkey product, allowing them to analyze their data using key metrics and custom visualizations on one intuitive user interface. The future of recruiting and player development is here. Go to BaseballCloud.com to find out how you can have your own data analytics department for your program. Data has a story to tell. Baseball Cloud gives it a voice. Now, on today's show, we are joined by Blaine Kinsley, the University of Arkansas Strength and Conditioning Coach for Baseball. On the show, we discuss what we should be doing in the weight room to move better, get stronger, and get faster. We dig into in-season routines, post-throwing, running for conditioning, and much, much more. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is so good with Blaine Kinsley. Blaine Kinsley, thank you so much for hopping on the mic and being on the show with us today. You got it. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here. We'll start off by, if you don't mind, by you know telling our listeners a little bit about your baseball background and why you decided to get into coaching where you're at currently and how you guys are building better baseball players. Oh yeah. So a little bit of background about myself. I played division two baseball and football, uh, a school called Norion university in North Carolina. After college, I joined the Cubs. I worked for them for two years in the Midwest league in Peoria, Illinois. After the Cubs, I left there and went to East Carolina university for about four and a half years. Uh, I worked with two coaches there, Billy Godwin and Cliff Godwin. After that stint, I took a upper management job with St. Louis Cardinals, uh, helping with big league camp uh, down in, in Florida. And then I was affiliated in Springfield, Missouri and double A. I was there for about 10, 11 months. And then this opportunity came up here where I'm at the University of Arkansas as the uh, head baseball strength conditioning coach. Well, that's awesome. And it seems like Arkansas is one of the most progressive baseball programs out there and just from the outside looking in and i know that i'm an avid follower follower of west johnson would you say that that's somewhat accurate yes i mean west johnson is hands down the best pitching coach in the country when it comes from buying from the kids to his development through technology the way he can relate with kids is i mean his past speaks for itself you know he's a dallas baptist mississippi state the guy produces big league pitchers so it's it's, i'm blessed opportunity to work with him you know, obviously Van Horn gave me the opportunity and work with Nate Thompson, the hitting guy. I mean, overall situation of the coaches, it's it's the best in the country, hands down. Oh, awesome, awesome. So let's go ahead and talk about, you know, what the fall is looking like since we're basically in it right now. And so, you know, switching it up a little bit because I had, you know, a question on Twitter about, you know, what does is, what is the first week look like? So I'm going to ask you, you know, what does a typical week look like in the fall for you guys? You know, how many days? But I want to know, what do you guys do first whenever your guys arrive on campus? Because you're going to have freshmen who are probably pretty well conditioned and then some of them that have never lifted a weight before in their entire life. So talk to us about what that first week looks like for you guys. Yes, when the guys get here, most of them come in the summer, 
especially the freshmen, they get, you know, six hours to get accustomed to the classes. Um, they're with me during the summer two session, which is a month. Um, and that's a great time when they can get accustomed to our lifting. You know, there's stressors everywhere going to class, practice and all that stuff. So when they come in early, that really helps them when we get started on day one of school. So from our standpoint, my staff and strength condition, we, we come in, we assess them. Most of our assessments are overhead squats. They'll do a full chin up. Uh, we'll test their dorsiflexion. And then most of the guys will test their grip. So after they get done with us, we'll send them to the chiropractor. We have a chiropractor that works with us. Um, he, they go through their assessments with him. And then we all sit down, athletic training, strength condition, uh, chiropractor, and we, we come up with the best plan for them and Wes Johnson or Nate with that going forward. So we do have a full-time dietitian with us. She just started this summer. So they, they meet with her. They do bod pod. They get their meal plans. And, you know, she's been a big asset, and I'm very appreciative of her. She's at weights. You know, she makes shakes that are individualized to each person to what they need for their needs. Well, you know, they're a hard gainer, they're fishing something, or there's certain things they like, some things they don't like. So that's been a that's been a huge part for you know, it's kinda of setting us apart from other people that it's individualized here. Yes, the best talent in the country, but we are about development. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a major league all star, uh, there's still things you have to improve to make your career go up, you know, longer and longer. Sure. No, that's fantastic. And I, I really think that, you know, that's, that's a, we're getting to the point to where I think that strength and conditioning is, you know, really, really good. But I think nutrition is kind of behind. And, you know, I get kids all the time who are like, I can't gain weight. I can't gain weight. And I'm like, okay, so you're tracking yeah. your calories. Literally, like the easiest thing that you can do, put it in an app. How many calories are you eating per day? Are you drinking enough water? And I don't think enough kids do that. Do you see that? At the Division One level as well, I know you guys have a nutritionist now, but was that something that you guys hired out of necessity? Yeah, I mean, you don't think about it. You, you know, some people in the profession think baseball they don't burn many calories, but you're out there taking early BP, early work. During BP, you're standing for two hours. You know, so there's a lot of stuff when it comes to baseball, especially the higher level you get, the more time you spend at the field. Um, there's going to be more work you need to put in to be better and better to achieve the next level. So. If you really sit down and look at how many calories an individual burns, um, just playing the game of baseball and everything that goes into it, you know, not just much the game, but just the pre-BP, pre-work, all that stuff. I mean, you're burning a lot of calories. You know, we we have guys that come in and they need to gain weight and, you know, they they don't understand how many calories they burn through the day, especially walking on our campus where it's very hilly. You know, people, people don't know how hilly Arkansas is. I actually walked across campus the other day. It was very challenging. So. You know, it's huge to put calories in it. You know, we could do everything we want in the weight room and you can, you can work as hard as you want five, six days a week. If you're not sleeping and recovering and taking nutrition seriously, you're not going to peak at your, at your highest performance. I love that. Now that's something that, you know, it, it sounds so simple, you know, get your eight hours of sleep, you get plenty of water and then eat enough protein and calories throughout the day. But that's something that I think a lot of people overlooked. And like you mentioned, you know, it's something that if you really want to be elite, if you really want to peak and you really want to make gains in the weight room and on the field, that's should be a simple way to do that. But talk to us about, you know, what you guys are, are working through this fall. So, you know, what is, what is, once you guys get going, what does a typical week look like for you guys? How many days and what are kind of your main lifts that you guys hit hard or make sure that they hit hard throughout the entire fall? Okay. So for instance, there'll be three weeks where they're with me four times a week. This is kind of like our off season strengthening 
phase, I guess you would say. They get accustomed to what we do. Basically, we're doing a lot of high volume right now to get them their squat patterns right, all the movements efficient, getting them accustomed to what we do. And then today's actually our first day. We start fall ball, so we'll, we're going to a different uh, period here where position players are still going to lift three times a week. You know, the volume's a little bit lower, but we're still hitting heavy doubles and triples. You know, this is a great time that you can get stronger. I'm a true believer of intensity of lifting where most of our guys were stronger at the super regional than they were at the beginning of the, of the spring. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, being consistent with that, where you have a Heston Kerstad or a Casey Mart, one of our freshman players that are stronger when you get to the postseason, um, that's ideal. So I'm chasing that rabbit. So, you know, back to, back to fall ball, our players will go, our position guys will go three times a week and then our, our pitchers divide four groups depending on what pins they throw. Okay. All right. So if that first group throws on a Friday, you know, Saturday, depending on who the kid is and how he recovers, he'll have a day one after lift, which is um, it's heavy volume lower body. And then it's, it's more of a flush mobility upper body that day. Again, that day we're trying to get mobility back into the body. So there's a lot of techniques and stuff we do to get that range of motion, get the mobility back, kind of get the blood going. So after that day one, the next day they have completely off. Okay. That's, that's a big hydration eating day. They'll do stuff with Wes, but it comes from the weight room. They don't do any lifting. Um, so then the next day, which would be the third day, they have a day two lift, which is a total body, uh, more emphasis on the upper body and there's lower body mobility, you know? So after that, they'll have a day off and then they'll have a day before they pitch lift. So this is a CNS day. There's a lot of correctives. There's a lot of explosive type two stuff we do with our guys to get them ready for that outing. Mm-hmm. And again, if, if we have an older guy that, you know, Casey Murphy was a guy we had last year. He liked to get like three or four lists in between each start. And if my staff and I myself are okay with that, and obviously if the coaches, Wes and them are okay with it, then we allow that. Uh, but right now, you know, these younger guys are trying to get in the transition period of, understand the routine uh, mm-hmm. especially because college is so much different than uh, high school or travel ball so that's the biggest thing is getting them accustomed to a routine where uh, what, what works best for them you know it's all individualized everybody's different sure no I, I love that and and I think that you're spot on and and that's you know that's tough for me because I don't have a strength and conditioning background and you did mention earlier that you guys you know you hire out for your assessment how often do you guys do that and how do you how do you communicate with the chiropractor to make sure that you guys are hitting all of uh, their deficiencies? Yeah. So the chiropractor, he works very close with us. He's actually, okay. he played for the pitching coach uh, back in the day at central Arkansas. So he, he kind of comes in throughout the year. He readjusts uh, our pitchers after outings and stuff. Cause there's been research to show where uh, different limbs will get shorter, especially on like the plant leg of pitching. When they go see him, he has a machine called a digital motion x-ray. So basically, they get in this machine and it shows us how the insides of their body are basically working. So, you know, we could do all kinds of tests like FMS, all these skill tests for assessments, but really, the body will compensate for a skill test. When you get in this machine, it kind of shows what the inside of your body is doing. Mm-hmm. So once he, especially, you know, upper extremities of pitchers, shoulders, you know, their hips and everything like that, uh, we sit down, we see what's best for them. The best thing to do, especially in this whole thing, is communication. The game is about communication. So have an input for an athletic trainer, have an input for a physician, have an input for a nutritionist, chiropractor, 
whoever's helping your program is going to help everything get better because there is a thousand ways to skin a cat. I truly believe that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, we do, we do stuff different than other successful programs do, but what we try to hang our hat on is, you know, these, these are the best players in the country and we're still having development. You know, after three years, you're going to leave and go play pro ball. And we hope for you can play as long as you can because of the things you've learned here. So the whole, the whole situation is great. You know, the communication with, with the coaches, the buy-in from the kids, and it, it really works out for equation of success. Oh, that's great. Now, I love that you guys are in constant communication. And I, and I think that's, you know, something that all coaches can get better at. And that's something that I've been guilty of with, you know, guys that get training outside of, of our school. And, you know, we have a great strength and conditioning coach here at Union, and, and he does a great job of, of keeping us in the loop. And again, does a does a fantastic job. But talk to us about, you know, what you guys are doing this fall for competition. Now, I know that a couple of years ago, we started our own kind of Omaha challenge, and we called it the Mule Challenge because, you know, our, our mascot is a redskin, but our unofficial mascot for the baseball team is a mule because, you know, they get up, they work hard, they do their job, they don't complain, they just do what they're supposed right. to. And so, yeah, and that was kind of an identity that, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, whenever whenever they took on, that was something that they wanted to instill and it just stuck for some reason. So, you know, we go by that, but we do, you know, a week in the fall, we do the Omaha Challenge stuff and we're just constantly competing in the weight room, just as kind of a, a celebration of, of a great fall. And so do you guys do anything similar to that? And, you know, if you guys compete, you know, what do you guys compete at? And, you know, give us some practical content that we can take away. Oh, yeah. So me, myself, I'm a very competitive person. So I like the atmosphere in the weight room competitive because, mm-hmm. as you know, the game we play is competitive. If you're not competitive, you're not going to be very successful. That's just a fact, whether you're if you are playing high school or you're, you're playing in the big leagues. The people that are least competitive actually lose that day, even if they're more talented, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so we have, we have a thing here where, you know, we call our guys dog soldiers. So we have dog tags. Basically every person that becomes into our program, you have to earn your dog tags. Now to earn these dog tags, we'll have a competition, whether it might be, you know, a bar hang or a tug of war. There's all kinds of stuff. You, you know, you've seen of all over YouTube and, you know, mm-hmm. different kind of, uh, exercises or competitions. And basically if you win that day, you get your tag and you're in our brotherhood, you're a dog soldier. Everybody will have a tag by the time we start the season because uh, once the season starts, you know, we're a family. We, we truly believe that. Like, we're all together. We train together. You know, we're ready to compete together. So uh, that's that's a daily thing we do. We always compete at the end. We always choose sides, and it it pays to be a winner. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. that's just a fact. So there might be some repercussions for your, your team losing because that's, that's not the culture we're trying to. Uh, enhance we, we want we want winners mm-hmm. okay because winners win but yeah at the end of the year we'll have the end of the fall challenge we call ours stockyard games okay okay so we're turning pigs into hogs That's right, awesome. so, <laughs> yeah so it's uh we usually get five of the older guys and i have a draft day um and the whole thing with ours you have to draft whether it's you need some speed guys. You need some strength guys. You also need a solid team. So it kind of gives, it's a little fun for the guys because they get to draft and, you know, we don't do any trades or anything like that. So you get one draft and that's, that's who you go to, that's who you go to bat with. So, uh, in saying that our stuff's kind of divided into where we have team competitions. So you can get team points, but we also have individual competitions. So we might run to 30. Okay. So the fastest 30 gets, 
32 points. The slowest 30 gets one point. Okay. Okay. So that, that goes towards your team overall points towards the whole end. So it's about four days of events. And then we have our obstacle course at the end, which we, uh, we go by times. So, you know, if you're, if your team wins first, they have the most points for that day. So in my past, in my coaching career, it's always come down to the obstacle course, you know, mm. and which is great because it makes it more competitive towards the end because everybody loves a competition at the end where it's real neck to neck, you know, you know, it's, it's been very fortunate where actually these guys, they've drafted really good teams, you know, they actually probably be good GMs if baseball don't work <laughs> out because they actually, they can draft pretty good guys just being around the guys all fall. So kind of gives them options, but also gives them a little team karate. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a cool thing. Oh, for sure. And, you know, something that I found out, you know, uh, the past couple of years is it's really hard, but the but the kids mm-hmm. absolutely love it. And it's something that, you know, whenever whenever the seniors are getting up in front of the freshmen and the sophomores and are talking about, you know, what what did we, what are we going to miss? What did we what do we wish we had done more of? And, and just, you know, kind of the end of the year thing in the spring, they yeah. all mentioned that the fall challenge, they said it absolutely was tough, but I would never want to do it again. And so, you know, you see, right. you see some people that are like, oh, why are they doing this tough man? Because it's one, it, it, it is tough, you know, and you, you want to see what your guys right. are made of. Uh, two, we're not at risk for any of the kids. I mean, obviously we would never do that, but you know, it, it also, right. it, it builds that brotherhood and it builds that team camaraderie like you were talking about. And it's something that they, that they absolutely love. They don't love it while they're in it. But it's something that brings them all together, and and it again, it's just it's it. I found that it's a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I love seeing the guys compete. There's, you know, we have a couple of rules in our weight room that you always bring, you know, enthusiasm and hard work unknown to mankind. Mm. Okay, so when you come every day, you pull for your teammate, you give everything you have. You know, our, our workouts are they're basically an hour, hour and five minutes in off season, mm. but it's it's high intensity. Um, you're going to pull for your teammate, and that's that's really helped us in uh, having some success towards, uh, you know, I, I believe on the field. You guys work hard for each other, which goes a long way. Uh, so, you know, don't get me wrong. We have very, very good baseball players here. Sure. And my job as sports staff is just do what I can to help them succeed on the field. So, No, definitely. Now, for our listeners out there who are saying, Blaine, I love what you're doing. And I just, I don't have a background in strength and conditioning and I have to run it myself. We can Mm -hmm. afford a strength and conditioning coach. What are some of your main core lifts that you would recommend throughout the fall that just say, Hey, if you don't have a background in this, here's what I think that you need to be hitting on. Absolutely. So, you know, if you sat down and looked at my program or anybody in my profession looked at it, it's so basic. It's unbelievable. Like we're trying to be very efficient at the movement and our basic movements, we squat we press and we pull from the ground. Okay. So the better we can get at those movements, the better off we're going to be in the long run. You know, I have a, a GA assistant here. He came from South Carolina baseball. And then uh, I was, I was, you know, Zach at TCU, he does a great job. He actually sent us an intern. So I have very, very confidence in my staff where I let them coach it up just because their backgrounds and everybody they've been with, you know, so our program, we're going to squat. Okay. And we have different variations. Now, if I see a guy squat and I don't like it, like his back squat, or, you know, if he has bad dorsiflexion and stuff, we have different things we can do, but I can front squat him. Okay. If I don't want to load a bar on that guy and I do like a belt squat or like, you know, a body weight squat, 
there's so many ways to skin a cat. You can get strong so many ways. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is you don't want to, you don't want to hurt somebody in the early in the phase where they, they can't perform their sport. Because the reason, you know, the reason here at University of Arkansas is obviously one to go to school. We have good school, but two, play baseball. They didn't come here to lift weights with me. Like sure. that's not the reason they signed their intent. So I understand that. So whatever I can do to help them develop in that movement goes a long way. You know, for instance, we do straight bar bench. Our guys love it. Some of our guys don't like it. It bothers their shoulder a little bit. They Swiss bar, which is a football bar. If they can't do that. Then they do push-ups. you know, so there's not one way to do it. And it's not set in stone, but the, the more basic you keep it, the better it goes. No, definitely. And again, with, with football players, I'm sure everyone, every single one of them has lifted at a high level if they're there. But with baseball players, it's yeah. probably a pretty mixed bag, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we do Olympic stuff here once the guys are ready. Uh, after they go through our foundation, especially in the summer, you know, we teach all the lifts. It's a slow progression until the guys, we're comfortable enough to load them up. But actually, this class we just got in, they, they progress very, very fast because they all have backgrounds. You know, they, they train with some of the best private sector and best high school strength coaches in the country. And they come in here with a great background. So that helps us progress a little bit. And I, I'm telling you, like we do power clean and we catch cleans, you know, there's not many teams that do that. You know, I think we do I'm pretty sure LSU does Texas tech. I mean, that's, that's a big, big discussion in the baseball field about catching cleans. And, you know, I train big leaguers that they're pitchers and they catch cleans, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're not able to catch the clean, don't do it. But in saying that we do have kids that come in, you know, especially these pitchers from Texas, uh, it's unbelievable, you know, how efficient they are in the movements, uh, especially the Olympic movements. It's, it's kind of mind blowing. So, you know, we, myself and my staff here at strength condition, we've been very blessed with, you know, how great of a background these kids do have in movement. So kind of makes our job a little easier, I guess you would say. Oh, for sure. And something that is gaining more traction that, you know, a couple of years ago, if, if you had asked me, you know, what are you trying to do in the weight room? And I'm trying to say, you know, we want to get big and we want to get strong. So this is kind of a two-part question. And I'll start oh, yeah. with part one. You know, what do you guys do for speed work? It's it's something that you're starting to see more of, you know, of the perception and action stuff. And, and I don't know if you guys do that or not, but how do you get players uh, faster? And then the second part is how do we get players moving better? We talk about that a lot like you we all say hey we want to get them moving better and we see it on twitter and we see people talking about it but what does that exactly look like i guess is what i'm trying to say well i can tell you right now when it comes to speed work we're 100 percent balled in speed work here like that is one of our staples and what we do for baseball so if you come here you're going to be a pitcher a position guy you're going to learn how to run mm-hmm. and um there's a couple uh, speed exercises they usually track or football uses is called bounding. It's a plyometric, but it's going to show you how strong you are in your legs. And you can YouTube that, that exercise, just the power bound or speed bound. Our guys have turned the corner when it comes to bounding. And see, the reason I love speed work is one, you're going to learn how to, how to run if you, if you're in that thing, but you're also going to become more athletic. Okay. I don't expect our kids to bound all around, around the field. Um, hopefully our position guys are jogging around the bases a lot. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but they're going to become more athletic. You know, when these pitchers learn how to bound or they do our speed drills, or they learn how to run, they become more athletic in different situations. Yeah. Isaiah Campbell, he's not going to run the bases. You know, he's one of our weekend guys. Okay. But if he comes more athletic, it's going to help him off the mount. You know, it's going to help him, you know, understand his body in the long run more and more. So, 
we don't neglect the pitchers and speed work. You know, our pitchers are going to, they're do speed work and know all the speed drills. And most of them, you know, there's two or three guys that are top on our team that from speed, you know, speed dynamics wise, I mean, they're, they're probably one of the fastest on the teams, you know? So, you know, we take pride in our speed development, you know, basically our four day, this first three weeks, we'll have a max effort speed day on Monday. Okay. So that's a great time. If you're going to do max effort speed, uh, in my opinion, because the guys have been off the weekend, uh, the recovered, uh, everything's good. You know, you get later in the week, hamstring, stuff like that's fatigued. You actually probably won't get as much out of them from a CNS standpoint, but you know, the whole, here's the whole deal with speed. You know, our volume speed work a day is 10 to 15 sprints, full speed. Now we warm up and we do our drills and all that stuff, but if you want to be fast, you got to run fast. All right. So you could go out there and say, I'm going to run. 620s, 530s, 840s. But here's the deal. You know, I'm comfortable enough that I can cut them off. If I see, if I seen eight and I know we're good that day, you know, that, that comes to where the coach is comfortable enough to cut them off. So our speed sessions will be 10 to 15 sprints full speed. Now we warm up and then when we start to sprint, that's when I start counting them. So, you know, a total in the week, we'll do two speed sessions a week. And that's usually, so it's Monday and then we go Thursday after our rest day on Wednesday, we do a no speed day that day. Um, and then Tuesday will be change of direction. Again, if, you know, you don't want to go out there and fatigue the guys because, you know, after a while you're getting nothing out of it, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. That, that's kind of one thing I've learned in my career is being confident enough to cut them off what's best for them. Um, there's no set in stone, you know, how many number of sprints you need to run. Like if we haven't ran over 40 yards this first three weeks. And we really don't because that's that's not what we train for, that energy system. Sure. You know, we might work up to 50s and 60s by the end of the fall after fall ball. But right now we're working acceleration from 10, 20s. I mean, we ran a couple of 30s. But basically, if we get those first two steps out of the box, we can cut our tents down from home to first. And that's the biggest thing, especially mm-hmm. in the SEC. You got to take every little advantage you can to get on base. The team that makes the less errors wins the game. That's, and that's baseball. So sure. Now, do you guys do, do you guys lift weights fast? Cause I've started to see that's, that's gaining a lot of traction and trying to measure, you know, deadlift off of the ground and, and some other stuff like that. Do you guys do that or is it just straight sprint work? Yeah. So in the weight room, we do below work. So that's called velocity based training or okay. VBT. So that the unit you hook up to the bar is called a tendo and, you know, we'll work speed days is, uh, you know, speed day, in my opinion, in the weight room for the velocity training is 1.0. So, you know, we'll go uh, 1.0 to 1.2. So that's watts per second. But if we want to work some heavy speed, we'll go to 0.5 on that unit. And again, these are things you can YouTube, you can look up, and uh, we're blessed enough where, you know, we have the facility with all this stuff. But yeah, you know, the intensity stays throughout the year. It's the volume that, that changes throughout the year, you know. Certain days we'll work speed, which is called our dynamic day. And then some days we have max effort where we're going to, we're going to load the bar up and hit a couple. You know, I, I'd rather see a kid move 315 on a back squat fast than let's say 365 very, very slow. Okay. okay. Cause the whole goal is moving heavy weight fast, if that makes sense. Sure. But again, to do the dynamic velocity stuff in the weight room, you need to have a foundation of strength. And that's what's what we've been working right now. So we haven't, done as much velo right now we might by the end of the fall if the guys were ready but we have to get strong before we can start doing that other stuff alternative stuff love it now back to the second part of the question how do we get 
you know, you hear this a lot is we got to get our players moving better, more efficiently. What's your advice mm-hmm. on how we can do that? So just the basics, you know, can they do a good push up very well? Or, you know, can they do a good squat? You know, when it comes to speed development and being efficient in that movement, I, you know, the biggest thing I've seen in kids, especially coming in, is just being relaxed when they run. You can change so much if a kid starts running relaxed. Okay. So after his first 10 yards of the sprint, he should be up tall. And when I say up tall, he doesn't have what's just called anterior pelvic tilt where he's bending over at the waist. You know, you'll see guys running down first base and they're bent over the whole time. That puts a lot of stress on your hamstrings and not what you're, you're supposed to be using your glutes because that's a bigger muscle. You know, so the biggest thing that I see, even with our guys sometimes is, hey, when you run, just run relaxed. Okay. You can't run tense. You're slower when you're tense. And then once they want, once they start running relaxed, that's when things start coming together. It starts moving faster and faster for the efficient of the movement. Awesome. Well, let's uh let's go ahead and skip to in season. So we've built our foundational strength. We may have done some velocity mm-hmm. based training. Now we get to the in season, and you guys are you know hitting it hard in January, and then you get into your SEC season. What what changes, and you know, are there changes, and how many days a week? Just take us through what you know what a week would look like for you know a conference week for you guys in the spring. Yeah, so we'll start at the beginning of the spring. So you know. Let's talk about the in-season training. That's always a big thing. And I've taught some high school coaches, even college coaches. With NCAA and all the requirements and all the off times and kids go play summer ball, the longest time to train is actually in-season. Like, that's the longest period of time you can train to get your guys strong. Mm-hmm. Now, being efficient about it and being smart about it is, is the is the only way to do it because here's the deal. The main thing is the main thing. You know, that we're not worried about what – what we're squatting that day, we need to win games. Sure. So it's always beneficial for the for the kid. You know, we do take pride and you know, again, I'm very fortunate where Coach Van Horn, Wes and Nate, they're they're bought into what myself and my staff, like what we do and how it's helped the kids throughout the season. So, you know, our principle is we train the off season for the in season. Okay, we train the in season for the postseason. Mm. That is the one thing that we do. So beginning of the beginning of the season the intensity is still going to be high. Okay. We don't run as much as we do in the fall. Usually our running is going to be maybe a little bit of change of direction, but usually you get that, you know, through taking ground balls or taking balls off the bat during BP. So we do a lot of base running in season. So we'll go three times a week for the first five to six weeks in season. Um, and that's position guys. So pitchers are on their own thing after they throw. Starters have their own same get up that we went through about the fall, you know, day after, day off day two, two days off, and then a day before they start. Um, and then relievers, we kind of do the same thing. But they usually get two to three in a week, depending on how many innings they throw or okay. who's usually hot out of the bullpen. Um, so after the six weeks of position, guys, five to six weeks, we'll go three times a week. Then we go back down to two. So we usually go like a Monday optional. Uh, guys can come in. It's usually a day off. If they don't want to do it Monday, we'll do it Tuesday because, again, Monday's optional. They don't have to. But some guys like to come in after the weekend and get flushed out and get their lift in. But if they don't, we go Tuesday. Uh, again, it's all custom to the kid because he is a student athlete. He's got classes and he's got a lot of stuff going on. And then we get one later in the week. It's usually a Thursday. You know, if we have a game that day, we will lift in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're so consistent with our training. We're not going to be fatigued. We're not going to be sore. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the SEC that actually lift on game day. Uh, you know, a lot of teams came here this year. They lifted on that Friday night or that Thursday night whenever we played. 
so in saying that, you know, being consistent like that, if you take a week off and then you try to lift, you're going to get sore. So, you know, most of our guys, you know, when it comes to like the main lifts, a squat, you know, a bench, uh, you know, a deadlift, we keep everything to about three or four sets of three. Okay. Okay. So guys will warm up, you know, they can load it up if they feel good. Uh, we do have a percentage or a sheet form that we like for them to stay at, but if they feel good, they can load it up because everybody feels different every day. And saying that our guys, you know, they were PR and by the time we got SEC tournament down at Hoover or the regional, and some of our guys in the super regional were actually feeling really good. So we started to taper it down a little bit once we get in the regional, but if the guy feels good, we'll let him do it. And obviously we got to be comfortable with it too, but we will have three tiers of guys. So our tier one guys are guys that play every day. All right. Those are your, those are your starters. They play all weekend. They, they usually play midweek. Okay. And then our tier two guys, they're guys that might play, you know, they might have a start midweek or they might have an at bat come in for a pinch hit or run or something on the weekend. Uh, those guys are lifting three to four times a week. Okay. So we're also looking at development for those guys who don't play as much. They can get more lifting in. Okay. So tier two guys or tier one guys, the guys that play every day, they're only, they're staying on the two a week. Okay. Cause they're getting so much load on the field. We just get them what they need in the weight room for their two lifts. And then our tier three guys are red shirts and those guys are five times a week. Okay. So those guys are not even in the dugout. They're, uh, they're red shirting for the year. Even though we're in season, we don't stop. We're trying to develop for the, you know, the next year. Right. Cause you, you never know who's going to peak. You know, that guy is red shirt and he could be, he could be the dude next year. And, you know, myself, and my staff, strength conditioning staff, we truly believe in that. You know, we're, you know, it doesn't matter if you come here as a walk on, you're trying to make the team. Or you're the Friday night guy. We're going to do everything we can to help you develop and peak at the right time, so we can win a national championship. Oh, definitely, and and that sets you up, you know, for the long for the long term. Whenever you're developing your underclassmen and not just you know push them to the side to win today, I I love that, and that's what I think. You know, obviously you're the expert on this, but that's Absolutely. what I think is is the way to win long term. But talk to us about you know arm care and and injury pre- uh, prevention for recovery days for pitchers. Do you help out with that, or is that just you know, solely on Wes and you guys just kind of lift to flush it all out. Yeah. So me and Wes, we correlate a lot. He has his program that he does with his pitchers and they have their routine depending on who they are. They're all, all individualized. You know, they have some stuff they do with athletic trainers. So we do a lot of PRI here with some guys, okay. uh, there's some diaphragm breathing. And now I took some certs that it's kind of a hands-on that we'll do with some guys from mobility uh, release points, depending on the kid, you know, like Blaine Knight has a different, set up recovery mobility stuff and let's say isaiah campbell mm-hmm. built a little different it's all individualized too. right yeah <laughs> so it's all individualized to help them to get ready for the next start you know if you want to be the real basic about it yeah our, our program we do a really good job of it but if you know for someone that's in high school or you know trying to get this for their team <clears throat> there's nothing better than recovery and eating right so you got to sleep you know, if you don't sleep, you don't recover well for the next day to get ready. And that's going to screw up your whole process for your next outing. I can't tell you how much important sleep is. Um, and also nutrition helps recovery. There's certain foods that you, you don't even think about that you eat that helps you recover for the next outing or the next day. So yes, we, we do a lot of stuff and it's all from all areas, but we all communicate. It's different for each one. Again, I'll do some trigger point releases. We'll have mobility exercise for T-spine, hip. You know, basically a day after, we're trying to get the range of motion back. 
from the standpoint of strength and conditioning. We're trying to, you know, guys are going to be tight because that's an unorthodox movement you're doing is throwing. If you do it a hundred times that the night before, you're probably going to be stiff in certain areas. Um, and everybody's built different. So we have certain things for each person. And again, it's to help that kid get ready for the next outing, whether it's if he's a reliever and it's a couple of days, or if it's a you know starter and he's got seven days. Oh, definitely. Now, something that I have you know tried to to do less of, and that's I know this sounds really terrible for probably probably some of our listeners, but conditioning. In the past, we've done it you know every single day, lift or not lift, and so right. last year. I really, you know, I wanted to keep the guys fresh because we had a couple of dudes and last year I was a pitching coach this year, I'm more on the hitting side, but we had a couple of dudes that, you know, there were just POs and they were our, you know, Tuesday and Friday night guys. And I just, Mm -hmm. I felt like I wore them out the year before because we'd lift one day and then we'd do sprints that same day. And, and then it just, you know, and and what is the go-to for, you know, pitching coaches who, are done with the pitchers and they still have part of practice. It's go run poles, you know, go do some, uh, right. so, some long distance running or whatever. And, and we didn't do that, but it was just, it's just kind of the culture that pitchers run. Right. And so if, right. if you don't mind go into, you know, how do you guys condition your pitchers? Is it, you know, cause last year I went to just completely sprint work and they could do like a flush run the day, the night of if they wanted to, but you know, we didn't, we, a lot of them didn't even do that because I mean, they're throwing five or six really hard innings, you know, and, and what we're going to make them right. go run afterwards. I don't know what your thoughts are behind that, but I didn't think that that made a whole lot of sense unless they just completely wanted to. So yeah. talk to us from a from a conditioning standpoint. Uh, hit on the pitchers first, and then we'll go into to the position players after that. Yeah, so like when I was in college, I feel like we ran 10 miles a day, and mm-hmm. I was a bigger guy, so that was tough. You know, it's advanced so much from scientific standpoint, and – everything is beneficial. And, you know, when it comes to our, our condition for our pitchers, like, you know, the most they'll do is intervals on like a treadmill with less, um, you know, we don't run poles. We don't run, you know, anything to like 300 yard shuttles. I have done it in the past. We don't do that anymore. You know, that's, that's not what we're training for here in the weight room. You know, that's not what they're doing out on the mound. So, I mean, they'll do intervals on the, the treadmill or it might be an incline and like, you know, a certain speed for a certain amount of seconds, but it's, it's not a uh, light jog poles and stuff like that's, that's way gone. I think that's starting to feed out even at the pro level. I don't think I they're doing so. that anymore. Yeah. So, you know, for instance, right now, I mean, they're throwing pins out there about start fall ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't ran anything over seven seconds. Cause that's the energy system we're training. Sure. Okay. So, you know, again, from a CNS standpoint, we want them to be fast and we want to run as hard as they can because you know, if you're going to throw a pitch at 95 miles an hour, you're probably giving everything you got into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the energy system you're doing. So that's kind of what our training is goes to our conditioning. Again, we don't, we don't run any long distance. It's all, it's all sprint work. You know, they'll do some change of direction one of their days. Um, and they'll push your prowler some days, but it's nothing. It's, it's not the mile run or 10 half poles anymore. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's full intent, full energy, you know, sprints. Well, and, and like you mentioned, you know, you're, you're training in season to win ball games. And if we're just, we're beating right. them down, you know, with conditioning every single day, then they're not going to be their best on the day that we need them to be. And that was my whole thoughts last year is, is I, I want them to be in shape and I want them, you know, to be able to last for a long time, but also I want them to be their freshest on game day. 
exactly. You know, the whole thing we, we try to prepare kids for after outings to get ready for the next one. You know, you build up to that test. So your outing is your test day. All right. That's the day that basically you'll be a test how you prepared from every standpoint, from the, from your pitching side, you know, from your skill development to the weight room, to what you did with the athletic trainer to get ready for it. Then you have that test day. And then next day you're studying for your next test. Well, that's watching film, lifting weights. You got to do what you got to do to help your team win. It's awesome. Now, it does, do you guys do anything special for position players? No, it's the same thing. So we, we do sprint work. We do change of direction. So basically, like, let's go off season real quick with, with our conditioning. We'll go max effort speed Monday, change of direction Tuesday, Wednesday's off. Thursday's another speed day. Um, we use more plyos. We use sleds that day. Uh, we do contrast stuff. We might run, you know, you can, you can run in like a sand pit, some sprints and do on regular fields, some sprints. So there's a lot of different speed stuff we do that day, but it is a speed day. And then our fourth day, that's the day that usually we back squat. It's a pretty heavy leg day and it's, it's very exciting. I guess you would say in the weight room, uh, mm-hmm. that day we'll push prowlers. We'll, we'll do all kinds of hip strengthening stuff to get ready. So that's almost like a strength day for us. So again, like I said, we have two speed days and change direction and we have a strength day. So we don't have like a long distance uh, conditioning because that's not what we're training for in the weight room. You know, it's just, it's not like CrossFit or we're not trying to do this and that. We're trying to prepare to win games and that's championship. So once we get in season, uh, most of our conditioning will be base running. It's correlated to the game or stuff we need to work on the field. But those tier two guys, I mean, they'll do extra speed work with me change of direction stuff like that and those those are guys that you know they might play once a week twice a week they're not everyday guys so i got you you know me being a high school coach and and you being at the collegiate level so what are what are some things that we need to do a better job of at the high school level so you don't have to at the college level um just be just getting the basics okay you know just being efficient at the movements and also telling the kids to have fun you know it's a game of failure all right. So if you go three out of 10, your whole career, you're probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing you got to understand. You know, the whole game's a game of failure. So when you come, you got to have a positive attitude and enthusiasm. It's going to be tough. The game's not fair. Baseball's not a fair game. But going back, that's the mental side of it. But going back to like a physical preparation point, just being efficient at the movements, whether that's squat, a push up, a chin up, um, just full range of motion stuff. So when they get here, they have a good foundation, you know. I look at the foundation of these lifts and these movements like if you had a house. Now, you could build a huge house with a terrible foundation. Okay, but if that foundation is terrible, that house is going to be repaired for your whole life, you know, owning it. So the analogy that to the game is, yeah, he might look like the part. Like he looks like a big leaguer, but he's hurt all the time because his foundation is terrible. And he's he's not going to be seen by coaches. He's not going to get playing time because he's sitting on the bench with, you know, me and the athletic trainer. So having that general foundation of the movement, that, that's that's the biggest thing that you can do. You know, the weights come. And I, I will say that I was I was a guy that used to chase numbers like, oh, my team squatted over 400 pounds, 80 percent of them. Well, I'm more of getting efficient in the movement because the weights will come. You will get stronger if you have a good foundation and good technique. OK, because we have nutrition here. Uh, we have the resources to help you get there, but also your body's going to adapt. Okay. And we, you know, we truly believe in our progression and the way we teach that your body will adapt and you will get big. And after three years, you will get drafted and make a lot of money. 
So, oh, definitely. Um, That's the goal. And win a lot of games in the yeah, process. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, the good thing is these kids, they come in to the summer and they get six hours towards their graduation, you know. And that's the biggest thing is being close to graduation by the time you're a first rounder when you come here, mm-hmm. you know, because one day baseball is going to end. You know, there's guys in the big leagues right now. They're 26, 27. Their career is going to end. Okay. And they need a degree because your money will run out unless you're Mike Trout and you got 400 mil, you sure. know, something <laughs> like that. But, but, you know, as, as you progress, you see all these younger guys in the big leagues and, the miners coming up and they all throw a hundred, you know, Hicks with the Cardinals, there's 104. All right. So they're, they're coming So these older guys need to understand, Hey, you got to have a degree. Like you got to have some kind of income. So that's really helped us with guys come in early. They get close and our academic advisor here. She's great. Um, she helps guys get as close as they can before they get drafted. So maybe it takes one off season to get your degree. So love it. Now talk to us about, you know, something that, let me let me just preface this by saying, you know, high school, we're we're probably behind the times of everybody else just because we can't dedicate our entire, you know, our entire career right. to the strength and conditioning field. Because most of us, you know, we we are either teachers and we coach other sports and things like that. So we're usually a little bit behind. But is there anything that you used to do that you don't do anymore? So things that you've that you've kind of you, you may have done in the past, but you've you've done more research about it or more research has come out about it that you decided that it's probably not the best thing to do anymore. Yeah. So like I said, like back earlier in my career, I used to chase numbers. It, it's all, it's all fun and games that you can brag those strength coaches about your numbers, but when you're not winning games, nobody really cares. So <laughs> uh, we, we've, we've gone to, you know, maximum basics, efficient of the movement. And again, numbers will come. Our team is very strong. We have guys that squat 500. We, we have guys that, squ- you know, front squat 405. Okay. But we're trying to master it and if, get the movement efficient. The numbers will come. You know, if I was chasing numbers and I probably put down, look, this is one of the strongest teams I've ever been around. You know, back in the day, I would just say loaded bar, kind of fast it up and just stuff. And, you know, you got to slow it down. You know, it's the same thing with baseball. If you're swinging, you can't just go out there day one and try to take a thousand cuts and think you're going to be better, yeah. you know? You got to take quality. So I've got away from the long distance running. I mean, again, we just run sprints. Uh, like this fall, we've been up to 30, 40 yards, and we'll probably work up to 60 yards by the end of the fall. Now, the volume will go up, you know, 10, 15. You know, we might run 18 if the guys are being efficient, and I like it, and they're, they're moving well, and they're giving full effort, and I see they're not fatigued. But, again, I've, I've got enough confidence in myself where I can cut off a workout. If I see that's enough, sure. you know, if we do any more, it's, it's, just, it's just hurting us. If that makes sense. No, um, so I think that's the biggest thing. And that takes time. You know, if you can be confident enough where you can take and shut it down, cause that's, that's, just, that's the peak performance you're going to get that day. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Sure. Now, is there anything in particular that you guys do in the weight room that your players just, they, they love that they just can't get enough of? Our guys love to back squat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll actually give them the option some days in season, like, you know, we, we front squat, we back squat, we do it all. And if they had to choose a certain amount of squat, they like back because they like loading it up. And which I love, that makes my job easy. And the culture around here is like that. Like these guys love to lift. They love to lift. They love to cheer each other on. I think I truly believe it's correlated to the field because they, they pull for that guy that gets on the mound because he worked hard for him during a competition in the off season, you know? So they love choosing size for, you know, we're all family here. You know, so when we do a competition, you choose a side. I mean, it's no, it's no elephant in the room. 
you know, like at the end of the day, we all love each other. That's, that's the biggest thing. Now he probably ain't gonna choose you because you're terrible at this exercise, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's all because we're family. It's, it's nothing against them. So I, I think those competitions have been big because culture's so big when it comes to the weight room. You know, I, I truly believe 75% of the weight room is culture and attitude and discipline that you learn. The, not much to carry to the field. Like it, it definitely carries to the field, but just in like to, you know, another 25%, you're going to get stronger, faster and quicker and all that stuff just from the program and just buying in because of all the resources. When it comes to this competition, I think that's what they love because they get fired up. I mean, it fires me up. It, it fire, it fired this whole town up if they were there, you know, all 15, 20,000 in the stadium if we had a tug of war or something, you know. <laughs> well, that's awesome. If any of our listeners want to, you know, kind of dig into some of the resources that have changed your coaching career or some of the resources that you really, really like, uh, where would you send them? So when it comes to like strength and condition, there's actually a podcast called Rugby Strength Coach. And this guy, he 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 actually interviews all kinds of, you know, strength condition professionals all over the world, every sport. And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that I reach out to, and I speak to a lot of college guys, I'm very open-minded to what people are doing. I love development and see what works and see what doesn't work because it is all to help our kids um there's there's a lot of high school guys there's a guy uh down in atlanta he's kind of a mentor of mine his name's tobias jacoby uh he's a strong rock christian uh he's the president of the high school strength and condition association so i reach out to him a lot uh just from the standpoint because i get some guys that never lifted weights and their training age is about the same as some of his guys so you know we kind of feed ideas off each other and he's been doing it for 30 years he's worked for some of the best in the business you know, he's one of my resources and obviously zach at tcu he, he puts out a lot of good social media a lot of good culture stuff i mean i have a lot of respect for that guy oh for sure a former guest of the podcast he did a fantastic job had him on last fall and you know i'll make sure i link the rest of those resources down in the show notes but Blaine, I, I appreciate everything that you've done today. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do that? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. So strengthbk37. And uh, we'll be putting up what the hogs do throughout the fall in the weight room. Sure, our progressions and all that stuff. So. Cool, cool. Now, is there, you know, you've got an open mic. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? No, nah, just if, if you're going to do it, be consistent with it and have enthusiasm and have a lot of hard work. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. Before you go, I'd love to be able to get in touch with you, and we have several different ways of doing so. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AOTC underscore podcast. You can join the AOTC Coaches Facebook group. And if you want to be a part of the mini clinic emails, both of those links are listed below. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review to help others find and stay ahead of the curve.